1: Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to play the game.
2: Time to
3: play the game!
1: (laughs) It may be the nighttime,
4: but the sports talk doesn't stop.
1: Sports Talk Radio that's live, local. And not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is.
5: You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of all of yourself. And
1: pretty much always right. Don't
5: ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always
1: right. Text or call 404 929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
5: Welcome to Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you on this Wednesday evening live in the Kia Studios. We ask you to download the Odyssey app. You're not in the car as much, but you want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. Take the smartphone. You can use your Alexa speakers. You can use your tablets. You can use your Commodore 64, your microwave oven, your Casio uh, watch. Whatever your device is, just download it on something to be able to catch us when you are on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, the best way to be a part of the show, follow us on our personal Twitter pages. I am at JMCH316. That is your water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there. He is producing the show on the other side of the glass. We have Dylan in the house at underscore Dylan Matthews. Dylon. That's it? That's it. Only one today. I got to mix it up, but, you know, okay. All right. I mean, we were just ready for the big intro and all that kind of stuff. It's the first time we've worked together this week, you know, so it's our first first show together.
4: We'll save it for Friday.
5: Yeah, yeah. So you, you, then you'll play like two minutes of, you know, the, the Dylons and all that good stuff. Anyway, um, listen, we are, in the words of Jim Ross, busier than a fruit merchant here tonight. A lot uh, going on. Um, obviously we've got the Hawks in the trade deadline coming up tomorrow. So we will talk with Lauren Williams. She is the Hawks beat writer for the Atlanta journal constitution. She will be coming up at eight 20. And look, if, if you're looking for big moves or anything like that, my personal opinion is, I don't think there's anything going to happen. I don't think they're going to be able to move John Collins. And I don't know that they're going to move bogey. Maybe he's the guy. But, you know, it could be summertime, but if, if they make any moves, it's really for, you know, some bench help and things like that. If they move bogey, trying to get something back for some bench scoring. But other than that, I don't think it's going to be much in the way of anything exciting. The, the Hawks are not looking for a starter, right? I mean, they're starting five. You know, in all honesty, we've talked about this before. Their starting five can play with anybody in the NBA. I, I, I think that's true. You know, when they're healthy and they've got all their guys, I think their starting five is really good. So you're probably just looking at some bench help. So, Hawks uh, lost last night, 116, 107 to the Pelicans. Um, look, as I said, if you could be two and three on this road trip, yes, maybe last night could have been a win. You could have been greedy. You know, we could have had things go, you know, a little different way. DeAndre Hunter did not play well last night. Um, 0 for 9, 0 for 5 from 3. He did hit his three free throws, and and he was only 3 for 4 from the line. Um, three points, uh, just, you know, some things that, you know, it just did not go the Hawks' way last night. But I will say successful road trip at 2 and 3. Could have been worse given the teams that you played against. Certainly, when they had this stretch of the non-California Western Conference teams that they played last year, they were 0-4 in that trip. So, good for the Hawks to win a couple of games. Good win in Utah. Good win against Phoenix. And now, let's be honest, they got Phoenix coming here. It's San Antonio. Uh, Then it's at Charlotte. So, it is a chance to accumulate some wins as the schedule is getting toward crunch time, right? We're 55 games into the season. Basically, we're two-thirds of the way through the season thus far. So you've got a third of the schedule left, and it's going to go by fast. And I talked about this a week, two ago. You know, try to accumulate some wins because the schedule does get harder. You know, as you move through the month, the schedule definitely amps up. You got the Knicks and you got the Cavs and some of these teams the schedule does get a little bit harder. But take advantage and you know, NBA teams you 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 have to take advantage of when the schedule dictates to it, you know, dictates it to you. You certainly could have won last night. So, maybe a missed opportunity, but overall the road trip good, but you got to handle your business back home. And the Hawks have not been the same. I mean, they've not been a great home team this year. Certainly not like they were last year. They they were, you know, only two teams in the Eastern Conference won more home games than the Atlanta Hawks last year. They've not been nearly as good at home. They're three games below 500 right now on the road. 27 and 28 overall. Got to handle your business at home. Got to handle your business at home. You've got these couple of games with Phoenix, who so you just blew out in their building by 30 something points, you know, a week ago or whatever. You've got the San Antonio Spurs. That should be a win. You know, you got to take advantage of when those Western Conference teams come east to play you. And then, you know, Charlotte's been like the thorn in our side, right? Charlotte's been one of the worst teams in the NBA, but yet they've won, what, twice against us? Like they beat us here in Atlanta, and we also lost there in Charlotte, right?
4: Yep, and both times they snapped a winning streak. The first yeah, time we...
5: The fr- the, well, the second one was the five-game winning
4: streak. Yep, and this the other time was the third game of the year.
5: Yeah, and that was on that five-game winning streak. They had Charlotte on a back-to-back yep. on, a, on a Saturday night. See, I'm with, not as brain-dead as you think. With, I mean, no so, mellow,
4: with no mellow ball either, yeah, well, no, no mean, mellow ball.
5: I mean, it It seems like we can't take advantage of it. I mean, look, they didn't have Zion and some guys last night. So, um, it, it is what it is in the NBA, but... You know, for teams that are not as good, you got to take advantage of what the schedule is. And look, to be fair, the Pelicans are really good at home. They're 20 and nine on the season at home. They've only got nine road wins on the year. So they're a totally different team when it comes to home versus on the road. But still, without Zion and some of these guys, you didn't really take advantage of it. But still, I I think it was a successful road trip. Uh, Two and three. Okay, you get through it. You you bog your way through it all. Now you got to take care of your business at home. Now you got to really amp it up uh, at home. So, not the best effort last night from the Atlanta Hawks, but we'll see what they can get done. We will be on, by the way, after Hawks basketball coming up, but tomorrow night. So I'm sure that um, they will get a good night's rest and certainly are glad to be home from this West Coast road trip and you know certainly just kind of back in the fold and, and getting into a more normal and regular routine. Uh LeBron last night breaks Kareem Abdul Jabbar's all time point scored record. And look, I'll say very quickly, okay? I don't know who's the goat or who's the horse or who's the rooster or what like I don't know what farm animal that we're comparing everything to. Here's what I know, though. Okay. There are two guys in the NBA that when you fill out your all-time starting 5 you have to have them on there that's michael and lebron i don't care what order what what enumeration you put them all in you have a starting 5 all-time in the nba those two guys are on the court every time if they're not then you're doing it wrong i don't again i don't care the farm animal system or rankings and all that kind of stuff i don't really care. I just know that those two guys, if you have an all-time starting five, are five of the guys that are on the court. You want to play LeBron, and say, whatever. I don't care how you, how you organize your five. Those two guys have to be on the court. It's a remarkable accomplishment. I'm partial to LeBron. He grew up in Akron, Ohio. I grew up in Canton, Ohio. They're about 20, 25 minutes apart from one another. In fact, when I was in high school, we played Akron St. Vincent St. Mary in high school. Now, LeBron was probably – I don't know. What what year was LeBron born? Uh what year what year was LeBron born? And check uh, check real quick uh, on all of that. So LeBron was probably elementary school age when I would have been in high school.
4: December 30th, 1984.
5: Okay. Yeah. So he would he would have been, you know, I graduated in 1990. So he would have been a very very young youth uh for all of it. So uh but congratulations to LeBron. Um, Certainly, one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA, you know. And in my lifetime, I've been very fortunate to have seen so many great players: Michael and Larry and Magic and LeBron and just you know Tim Duncan and Malone and just whatever. I mean, I've seen so many of the great players in the history of the NBA. So um, you know, and I've been very lucky. It's you know been been you know Joe Montana and Tom Brady. I mean, some of the greatest you know LT Lawrence Taylor you know some of the greatest NFL major league players, you know, basketball players, NBA players, collegiate basketball players whatever. So um but a, a great accomplishment for LeBron James. They didn't win the game, but you know, he got his what 38. I think he I think he scored 38 in the game whatever last night. Um Atlanta United adds a striker. So uh and I'm I'm going to butcher this guy's name uh, when I pronounce it, I guess he's from from Greece, um, Gorgos, uh, Gia Kamukis. I don't even know what what the I don't know what the pronunciation of that is. Let's let's call him Gigi. How about that? We'll call him uh, Gigi. So he uh, joins uh, Atlanta United after uh, two seasons at uh, Celtic. Um, you know he's a striker. You know, certainly you're looking to replace Joseph Martinez, right? Can't have too many goal scorers when you don't have Joseph Martinez anymore. So I don't know how this guy is. He's 28 years old. Says he's going to make around $5.2 million of the reported fee that they have to pay out for him. So hopefully he's a, you know, a, a solid striker. He can... Score some goals because we just gotta have as many of those guys as possible.
4: Just so you know, it is Yorgos Yakamakis. Okay. Yakumakis.
5: Yeah. So Slovakia. I mean (laughs) Yeah. Yorgos
4: Yakumakis. Okay.
5: It's all borscht to me. So anyway, um, but anyway, uh so they sign a striker and again, hopefully he can hopefully he can uh, you know, maybe look, he'll never take over what Joseph Martinez was, but Certainly, anybody who can score some goals and uh, and get things cranked up and in uh, going. So obviously, we've got the Super Bowl this weekend. Um, my my early money, if you will, is on the Philadelphia Eagles. Just my my first blush, without kind of digging too deep into anything, and we'll certainly kind of look at the game coming up on Friday. But first blush is just I think the Eagles have been the best team in the NFL all year long. I don't really have a reason to pick against them for everything. So I, I think the Eagles are the best team. And, you know, again, I think the two best teams are in the Super Bowl with Kansas City and Philadelphia. But I think the Eagles' the Eagles pass rush is just devastating, just devastating. And, you know, can we get, you know, uh, Javon Hargrave here or anything like that? I mean, certainly I don't think he was going to leave the Eagles or whatever like that, but – He is a free agent, and he had 11 half sacks on the interior of their defensive line, and that was half of our whole team. Anyway, um, coming up at 7.40, had a chance to speak with Tony Khan, the owner of AEW Wrestling. As we get ready for a top of the hour, it will be AEW Dynamite. They're live from El Paso, Texas here tonight, and, of course, Rampage on Fridays. But, um, you know, obviously we've talked to a lot of folks from AEW over the last couple of years here And it was a real privilege to speak to Tony Khan. So we will talk to him. We will hear from him at 740 this evening. So we will uh, get to all of that. But um, certainly a fun conversation to have with the owner of a wrestling promotion. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of have, you know, my last question to him was a little bit fun. And, you know, I told him I could be a mouthpiece for him if he needs a little bit of help and and a heel, by the way, too, for everything. So, all right, here's what we're going to do. 404-741-0929. 404-741-0929. That is both our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line and our phone line here this evening, okay? I'm going to open up the phone lines and ask you the question. What if the Hawks do nothing at the deadline? What if they literally just stand pat and don't do a single solitary thing? Is it expected? Is it a bad thing? Is it a dreadful thing? We'll open up the phones. We'll take your phone calls next. Dial on his Back behind the glass there to answer your phone calls. Coming up next, John Chuckery here, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, TheOdyssey.com app.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to more John Chuckery. No, no. No, No, I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9 The
4: Game.
5: Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back out of the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios. Wednesday night with you. 404-741-0929. That is both our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. And it is also our phone line. We're asking you the question, what if the Hawks do nothing at the deadline? We'll talk about that here in just a second. Odyssey, you catch us on the go. Social media is at 92.9 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm at JMCH316 on Twitter. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews. So what if the Hawks don't do anything at the trade deadline? Well, first off, there's a lot of moving parts to this, okay? I think the biggest influencer when all is said and done is not Landry Fields and people like that. It's Tony Ressler. And and I really don't believe that Tony Wrestler right now wants to go into the luxury tax knowing that he's going to be in the luxury tax next year. And I don't care how high the cap goes. DeAndre Hunter goes from nine point nine to $21 million. John Collins is owed more money. The super max deals of the $40-plus million, that's what Trey Young is. Guys are going up and up and up and up. And that's not a situation where the, the increase in cap can increase you know, offset the increases in salary. No, they're going to be in the luxury tax next year, even without bogey and everything like that. Because right now he's a, you know, he's a, a guy that doesn't cost as much. Now he goes into $18 million with a player option next year. That's a whole different boat. But I think Tony wrestler is the number one driver of this. Number two, they're not looking for a starter. Again, we just explained Their starting five is really good. They are really talented as their starting five. They're not perfect. They're not flawless. But they're a pretty good starting five. So they're not looking to make a big splash for KD or this or that or whatever. You know, whoever's available out there, whatever. If they're going to move somebody, I do think it's going to be bogey. And honestly, they may just get some draft capital back and a guy who can provide a little bit of scoring. And I think honestly... And we'll talk to Lauren Williams about this coming up here at uh, just about an hour from right now. We'll talk about this, that, you know, if, if they move on from bogey at the deadline, I think you can see an increase in Jalen Johnson's minutes and especially A.J. Griffin's minutes, as he's going to be arguably that scoring punch that you would need off your bench. So 404-741-0929, that's our phone line. What if the Hawks do nothing At the trade deadline. Let's start with Tony at Norcross. What's going on, Tony?
0: All
6: right. Thank you for taking my call, Chuck. I I agree with you 100%, man. The Hawks, people forget this is a young core, man. These guys are like 24 years old. They was in the Eastern Conference Final at 21 and 22 years old. This team is going to get better. So I don't think they need to move their core parts. And I agree with you. Bogey might be the, the moving part. And don't forget Devontae Murray, I I think DeJounte Murray is a free agent, I think, after next year. So they got to make a move. They got to make a choice on him, too.
5: Appreciate the call. Yep, appreciate Appreciate it. it. And and look, DeJounte Murray is a free agent at the end of next season. So you've got him for one more year. And he may not get max money, but he's going to be really on the cusp. I mean, probably even a little bit more than what John Collins gets right now. But if they move Collins, I think it's a matter of your – looking at your payroll structure and saying, we don't want to go in the luxury tax. And always remember what Tony Wrestler's quote was. And this is the whole quote. We will go into the luxury tax if it makes sense. If it makes sense. Right now, it hasn't made sense to go into the luxury tax. Because once you start to accumulate several years of luxury tax, it's punitive. Like, it it hurts your roster. It, it limits what you can do. It's expensive to do that. When you're Boston or the Golden State Warriors, yeah, you can do all of that. But when you're kind of a floundering franchise below 500, like the Atlanta Hawks, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Let's go to Pete out in Peachtree City. What's going on, Pete? So if I
0: told you your team had a point guard that out of 32-point guards in the league that qualify for the three-point percentage, he is 31st. If I told you 29 guards qualify for the field goal percentage and he's 28th, and I told you that guard also led the league in turnovers and has issues getting along with coaches, you wouldn't say you have a good starting five. If I didn't tell you he was Trey Young, you would say get rid of that guy. But because we're in Atlanta, people fall in love with Trey Young from three years ago. It didn't just start this year. Last year in the playoffs he shot ten percent from three. So at what point are guys such as yourself gonna call him on the carpet instead of just blowing over the fact he can no longer shoot
5: and he's a problem. So give up on Trey Young as as He's, what, 40 years old now, right, Trey Young at this point? Oh, So,
0: let me ask you a question. Do you think all of a sudden he's going to be able to shoot? He's always been a bad percentage three-point shooter, always. He's always turned the ball over too much, always. It's not something that's new. We have fans fall in love with him jacking up one from the Hulk signing and hitting it, but he's
5: more of the other four he misses. But he's your best player. He's the number one reason why. You, you've made some of the runs that you've made of the Eastern Conference Finals, even winning the We made one games. run three years ago, Brandon. And we've been below okay. five hundred as a team since. He's, he's, been, he's been in the league for five years. So, uh, I, again, I, I mean. Brandon, I don't, if you can't
0: see he's an issue right now, I don't know what to do. I, he, he is an issue.
5: Maybe in your mind he's not the issue, but he is an issue. Okay, but there's a lot of issues with this team. Uh, DeAndre Hunter has not taken a step forward. Your head. Oh, coach he's is, been also. I agree with you 100. Yeah. percent Not only that,
0: this is something people don't know. He's rated as the worst defensive small forward in the league, and yeah. he's supposed to be a defensive
5: player. Yeah, the only defend, the only the only player on the Hawks roster that has a worst defensive rating is Trey Young. I mean, he's yes. not. He's ninth on the team. I I know all the and numbers, and I mean, I, and, I, and I and I, understand. I just think I think we're treading
0: water, Brandon. I just think we're treading water. And as you know this, and everybody knows this. You either want to be really bad or really good. When you're in that middle ground, you just tread water. You don't get better, you don't get worse.
5: Yeah, I, and I appreciate the phone call. Look, Sam Mitchell always talked about this with me is that the worst place to be is in the 7 8 seed, you know, and that was before playing tournaments and all that kind of stuff. That's the worst place you can be. But again, you're talking about your supermax guy that's the star of your team. And I understand his flaws and warts. And again, I've said if you're going to be on your third coach in six years, that's not a good thing. I don't care about Lloyd Pierce or Nate McMillan or whatever like that. You're on your third, if you're gonna be on your third coach in six years, there is some problem there. But what are you gonna do? I mean, are you gonna just gut the whole roster? And say the hell with it when you get a star here that's a twenty-seven and ten guy, and and just start over all over again. Well, I know what that's like. I, I saw uh, Lon Kruger win nine games in a season. Like that's where it is. I, I understand the idea that they got to get better, but at the same time, gutting the roster, I don't think is the way to go about this. Let's get Amari out in Duluth. What's going on, Amari?
2: Yes, sir. So, the last guy that just spoke, I half and half agree with him. Trey Young is a little bit of the problem. But for me, honestly, the biggest problem that needs to be addressed is the coaching situation. And when we went back to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, that that one year, I was still kind of skeptical on, you know, the team. Because when we played Philadelphia, that, that the game before the e, the Eastern, um, we just kept getting punched in the mouth. Every time in the mouth, we had to fight back, fight back, fight back. And I was, I was already, I was just always skeptical about. Okay, maybe we need to hold back on this, this selecting of the coach thing so fast. I just think we selected it so fast, not really paying attention to the details. You know, we did make a run. That was cute. Okay, whatever. We we made a run this season with the winning streak. That was cute. I really – it is just something about the, the coaching situation that is just not right. And I think that's the biggest elephant in the room.
5: Well, and, and, and that's and, all I want really to keep saying. Yep, and appreciate the phone call. Look, I, I, I don't know anybody that thinks Nate McMillan is going to be here next year. So, again, you're going to be on your third coach in six years with your star player. That's not a good trend to be a part of. That That's not a good trend to have. You can't have coaches – Coming in and out of here every two years because your organization is just flawed or whatever. That that's just not a that's just not something enough guys are gonna, you know, the really good coaches are gonna be like, uh, okay, why why are they having, you know, four coaches in eight years? And, and they've been a playoff team. Like, those are not good trends to have. I agree. Nate's part of the problem. You know, I don't know if he's all the problem. I don't know that anybody's all of the problem, but there are certainly there certainly is enough blame to go around. Let's grab uh, Eddie out in his truck. What's going on, Eddie? Chuck, what's happening? Hey, man, what's going on, bud? I can't call it. Hey,
6: let's let's go ahead and just be honest about what we got going on, man, with this team, and let's look at uh, Nate from what his previous stops and what he was doing there, as opposed to what he's doing now. This team really don't need no changes made. All we need is a coach to know how to utilize the talent that he has. Nate has been the epitome of mediocrity at every step stop he's been. And to say that if we have to get rid of him and get another coach, and you can't blame that on Trey. You know what I'm saying? He's been a mediocre coach. He's been the five hundred the same five hundred team you are seeing us being right now, that's what Nate has been his whole career at every stop he's been. Nate has never given a team that he's coached a coaching advantage. So with this team that we got, like you say, we got a good got a good starting five. We got good talent on the pitch. Look at Jalen Johnson and all the talent that he embodies. Every time he gets on the floor, he has so many skills on the floor. But he couldn't even get on the floor last year because Nate has this preconceived notion that he has with the with the rookies that, that he coaches. You got to have a coach that knows how to to uh, get the best out of players and to put players in a position to uh, succeed. And Nate just ain't that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody on the team could could, could uh, do better. Trey can do better with the, when it comes to his three four percentages. Uh, um, yeah, uh, John, what's John Collins, uh, John Collins DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, I mean, look, there, there's, yeah,
5: there's they plen- can all can, every, everybody needs. There's plenty of room for improvement with everybody, and, and including Nate McMillan. And again. Guys, Nate McMillan is most likely not here next year. So they're not going to make a coaching change with, you know, 25 games to go. That They're not going to do that. And, again, there's nobody that thinks in talking to people that Nate McMillan is going to be here next year, that he's not going to be around. All right, let's grab L real quick out in College Park before we get to break. What's going on, L? Yes,
2: I just want to say that. The problem with the Hawks right now is we can't shoot from the perimeter. We're not shooting at a high percentage from the perimeter, or we're not guarding, or we're not able to guard the perimeter. In the NBA right now, you got to be able to shoot from the perimeter, or you have to be able, and you have to be able to guard from the perimeter at a high percentage. And we're not doing not one of them. Now, in games that we do shoot at a high percentage, we win the whole season. You see what I'm saying, but yeah, if we yeah. not, we, yeah. So we not shooting from a from we we not shooting at a high percentage from the perimeter or guard perimeter. You're not gonna win. Simple as that. No, Trey Young is having a down year. Of course, he having a down year, but we just can't give up on him just yet. This is our star player.
5: Everybody have bad years. We got almost half a season left. Well, we, we got to see, the – we got. Let's, well, let's we know, see what we can do. We have a third. We have a third of it. We have a third of the season left. But uh, I get your point. Um, you know, John Collins. Again, I'm the guy who brought up four years of John Collins in his field goal percentage, three point percentage down. DeAndre Hunter has not stepped up. I mean, there's a lot of flaws and warts on this team. I, again, with this deadline coming, they're not going to be bold. They're they're not going to make some big moves and stuff like that they're not going to get kd or whoever you know they're just not going to do that doesn't make sense they're not going to get in the luxury tax again they're more likely to slash payroll than to add payroll on all right when we get back the owner of AEW wrestling tony khan joins us as dynamite he is here at the top of the hour we'll hear from him next Chuck the kia studios sports radio 99 game the odyssey.com app
1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Attention, adoring fans. Back to more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing?
4: Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
5: Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show, live in the Kia studios with you here as we get ready for another week of AEW-TV coming up live tonight from El Paso, Texas. It is Dynamite, 8 o'clock on TBS. And, of course, every Friday night you can catch Rampage at 10 o'clock Eastern on TNT. We go out to the WadeFord.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer, Let's talk to the owner, the booker, the man that makes all of it happen. Tony Khan is joining us here. You can follow Tony on his personal Twitter page. It is at Tony Khan. T-O-N-Y-K-H-A-N. And, Tony, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you so greatly for spending a few minutes with us here in Atlanta. We're big fans, and uh, we appreciate the time you're giving us today.
3: It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on today, John. I'm excited.
5: You know... When I look at the promotion a few years in, how would you describe where AEW is? Are you ahead of where you thought, behind where you thought, or really kind of at the point of where you thought you would be just a few years in?
3: I think we're way ahead of where I believe we would be, but I also think we can continue to grow and build off this. We've had such an amazing, amazing run is our 175th episode of AEW Dynamite tonight on TBS. And, of course, there in Atlanta, the broadcast legacy of TBS and TNT, I have so much respect for the history of Atlanta wrestling, and that is the history and the lineage that allowed AEW to be possible, running shows like tonight on TBS, as you mentioned, and Friday on TNT. And tonight's show on TBS is a special one. Tonight is championship fight night on dynamite and really just a stacked lineup a bunch of huge matches and to think where we started it's pretty amazing because we started with one pay-per-view and that pay-per-view double or nothing has grown it's it's expanded it's it's gotten bigger every year and we've expanded the pay-per-view calendar now we have these big four quarterly events that we've started with and we've launched another big event called Forbidden Door with New Japan Pro Wrestling. But really, most exciting of all to me is the fact that we get to bring great wrestling to the fans every week, just like what we've got on tap for tonight on TBS. If you've never seen the show, tonight's lineup is one of the most exciting. The show has been on one of our best runs ever recently through 174 episodes to date going into number 175 tonight the most recent run of shows, the ones we've done in 2023 since the start of January, it's been the best fan feedback we've ever had on the show. And that's so important to me because the loyal fans and what they think of the show, that's everything to a wrestling promotion. And we saw that firsthand. So many of you there in Atlanta, if the wrestling promotion doesn't listen to its fans and doesn't uh, do the right things to keep, the fans engaged, it can lead to a decline in the interest or even uh, a loss of interest by the owner in the business, which is what happened to WCW. And it was, that's why it was so important to me to bring AEW into existence because there were a lot of wrestling fans that missed that wrestling every week on TBS and TNT that we're bringing them now.
5: Tony Khan joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline, uh, owner and booker for AEW Wrestling. So, how important, you know, you touched on the legacy here, and, you know, obviously you guys are in Jacksonville, so Atlanta's a big metropolis here that, you know, has a rich wrestling history. How important is the Atlanta market, and could we potentially see, because I get this question a lot from folks, Tony, could we potentially see one of the pay-per-views here in Atlanta?
3: Well, Atlanta's definitely one of the most important cities for AEW. We've run great events in the area, including at State Farm and, of course, at the Gwinnett Center. And there are a lot of great venues in the Atlanta area, in the city, and the surrounding areas. Overall, the market is one of the best pro wrestling markets in the country. The support we get from the fans in Atlanta is so important to me it's really important everywhere we go, but Atlanta in particular, because these are our hometown home market fans. We are a Turner company. We are on TBS and TNT and that's how we started. And I'm very loyal to them and very appreciative for what they've done to make AEW possible. And the fans around Atlanta have such a great connection to the wrestling on TBS and TNT. They always have. And I think Atlanta would be a great site at some point For one of our big pay-per-view events, and certainly we've done some of our biggest TV events there. In particular, I think one of the best episodes of the show that we ever did was in February of 2020 on the run to Revolution. That was one of the best runs of TV we ever did. And it's funny because there's something about this road to Revolution that that year, the first Revolution in 2020, that pay-per-view and the TV led up to it was some of the best stuff we ever did. And last year, 2022, I think the road to revolution was excellent. And the shows were tremendous leading into it. And it was a great pay-per-view. And again, this year, the shows have been as good or better than ever. The feedback has been the best we've ever had from the fans. And we're leading into another big event revolution. So it brings us all back to where it all began, uh, the revolution there. uh, On the road in Atlanta, what a great show it was, so many classic matches on that show. And now, uh, on the Road to Revolution this year, as I look back, I definitely think Atlanta would be a great site for another big AEW event in the near future.
5: How tempting has it been to go to a monthly pay-per-view type of schedule? I mean, wrestling for the last you know several years has been a monthly pay-per-view event. Why have you kind of stayed away from that in, in, you know, like, have you kind of fought yourself just, you know, by staying quarterly? I mean, I, I like the concept of the quarterly, but it's so tempting to always run more, 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 more.
3: Well, we've been able to really make the events keep that super special feel where there's so much anticipation building up to Revolution or Double or Nothing, Forbidden Door now, and of course, All Out and Full Gear these big events. Um I think that with the current model we have, which is a la carte, pay-per-view, true traditional pay-per-view like what so many of us grew up with, it makes a lot of sense. You know, the price is about 49.99 and if somebody's going to give us that 49.99, I would like them to feel like they're getting a show they've really looked forward to for a long time and getting maximum value. Uh there are different ways to deliver the shows now in the streaming economy, but in this current setup, I think we have a great calendar. If the delivery method changed or as streaming enters the conversation for AEW, because AEW streaming platform is something I get asked about every day. For all I know, that was the next question you were going to ask me, John. And uh, I think uh, for us right now, the way we're doing pay-per-view makes sense, but, If the right offer came along on streaming to expand the calendar, that's something that we have the capacity to do, but I would only want to do it if we can make sure that we keep Revolution, Double or Nothing, Forbidden Door, All Out, and Full Gear as premium top-end events like they are right now on our pay-per-view calendar where it's all built around those shows
5: the owner of aew wrestling tony khan is joining us here in the WaitFor.com hotline i had one of my listeners ask me about the streaming side of things that will there be an opportunity in the future that you know episodes of dynamite rampage will stream um somewhere online or your own platform or what's kind of the future of all of that
3: Okay, so I was right. That literally was the next question you were going <laughs> to ask me. So, so uh, I, I've got my crystal ball out. And I think that it, while it's pretty unpredictable in some ways, there's definitely an appetite for this. And I can't speak for our partners at Warner Brothers Discovery, but I what I can say is it's a conversation we've had and we're having. And I know there's a lot of interest on both sides on making that happen. There's definitely a lot of fan interest in it. So it's certainly something I think we'd all like to see in the future. Uh, just have to m- make the right deal.
5: How important is the concept? This is one of the things I'm fascinated by. How important is the concept of establishing homegrown talent? I mean, you've you've obviously brought people in from a lot of different promotions. I mean, it, it's it's run the whole gamut. But When you talk about your homegrown talent, you know, guys that have not been as exposed on national TV and things like that, how important is establishing them as being stars and and kind of being directly linked to your promotion versus from somebody else?
3: I think it's very important when you're the challenger brand to bring in your own homegrown talent and show that you have your own identity and you're not trying to copy the industry leader and for aew we are a challenger brand and you know uh there are a lot of comparisons you could make but one that would probably be valid would be saying mcdonald's and burger king and the way burger king tries to compete with mcdonald's well they are acknowledging that they don't have the most stores or make the most sales necessarily. They believe they have a better product and that's how they promote it. I'm not saying that they do or don't, but I think when I first came there to Atlanta to have these meetings and talked about being a challenger brand in the wrestling space, that's the playbook that TBS handed me. And they showed me these examples of challenger brands. And it's something very specific. You're not a niche brand but you're also not necessarily number one in the space. So you're you're a big brand and you're challenging for your place and you have to have your own identity. So having our own homegrown talent is a huge part of it. And then we can compete for the best free agents, bring people in, but when they come in, they have to be coming into a place uh, that's not a knockoff or a copy of another wrestling promotion. AEW really does have its own identity, and I think we've built that through Dynamite. And again, if you haven't seen the show or if it's been a while since you've seen it, I think tonight's episode is going to be tremendous. There's a lot of great title fights and a lot of great action, and it'll give you a sense of what we do on AEW Dynamite every week. So I I would definitely encourage people, if you can, it's on 8 p.m. tonight on TBS, and it's going to be a great show. And it's, it's a lot like the great shows we've been having so far this year. We've just been on a great run. And uh, we just want to keep it going.
5: The owner of AEW, Tony Khan, joining us here in the waitfor.com hotline. You recently purchased Ring of Honor. Are there plans to get that promotion back on a television network or somehow televising it? I know you've run pay-per-views that are Ring of Honor specific, but any plans in the works to try to get something more regular for a TV deal for Ring of Honor?
3: That's a great question, John. Coming soon will announce when the weekly Ring of Honor show is going to stream. We've relaunched the Honor Club streaming platform, and it's done extremely well for us. Um, on the Ring of Honor website or in the App Store, you can get the Ring of Honor app, and there's an option to join the Honor Club, and there's a great library with thousands of hours from Ring of Honor's history. The promotion has been around for over 20 years now, and going into year 21, thousands of hours, some of the Greatest wrestlers in the world today, some of the best wrestlers ever have competed in Ring of Honor. And the great history of the promotion, so many hours. That's something different from AEW. Right now, I think AEW has hit incredible heights and is doing groundbreaking stuff in pro wrestling. But one thing we don't have is 20 years of history. So to me, as I build up a streaming library and these assets, Ring of Honor was very valuable for many reasons. First of all, yes, is a video library, but also as a great wrestling promotion that the fans love and it had a great history that I didn't want to see end and it had been posed to me that if I did not buy it that's probably what was going to happen. And I thought it was a great opportunity to protect a great American wrestling brand and keep the show going. So, I will be having a weekly Ring of Honor show that'll be coming soon. The Honor Club, and we'll have more information about that coming soon, and also when and where we'll tape that show, and that'll be a great build to the pay-per-views. Of course, there's a couple big pay-per-views coming up next month with AEW Revolution, our huge quarterly event like we talked about, and always one of the best shows in AEW, and then at the end of the month, there will be Supercard of Honor, which is one of Ring of Honor's biggest shows. And something the fans really look forward to every year. And I think it's going to be another really exciting show there. And we'll have a weekly Ring of Honor series coming soon, too. So uh, a lot of exciting stuff coming up in Ring of Honor, and it particularly tonight in AEW on TBS.
5: All right, last question, Tony. Let's have a little bit of fun here. So if you were going to be an on-screen character, you're going to be a heel, you're going to be a face. What are you going to be?
3: Well, it would, first of all, I really don't want to do that. And I don't want to detract or take away any time from the great wrestlers in AEW. So I really try to limit the on-screen appearances I make. And when I do come out, it's generally either to make a very special announcement or uh, specific instructions. And I believe that's served us very well. And, you know, that's the role I would like to keep more of a being a device on the show than actually taking up a lot of time. And, you know, that's, frankly, that's how it should be. You know, I work in the National Football League, and we have a great commissioner, Roger Goodell. And it's not like when we're playing the games, it's not like, you know, 30, 40 minutes out of every game is devoted to Roger talking. Uh, You know, it's about the sport of football that people love worldwide and that has captivated American hearts for decades. And I really believe that's what people tune into AEW to see is the pro wrestlers wrestling. So I don't really want to be a character taking up a lot of time on the show. Uh, if, but I also like answering people's hypothetical phone questions. So I think in my limited appearances, I do like representing the company, which is a babyface company, generally in a babyface role. And I don't think it's really my role to be out there trying to get heat. And if we needed that, if we were really up against it, maybe I would try that, but I don't think there's any need or uh, really any demand for that. And I think the way we're doing it now is very well. If you haven't seen it again, you can check it out tonight on TBS. And for all the fans there in Atlanta, it's a great tradition of wrestling on TBS that goes back 50 years and the original superstation and the legacy Ted Turner's built in this business It's an honor to be able to bring wrestling back to TBS every week like the great show we're going to have for you tonight at 8 p.m.
5: Well, Tony, if you ever need a a heel mouthpiece, I'm a a definite heat magnet, so uh, I enjoy (laughs) enjoy playing the bad guy. So check out AEW live tonight, 8 p.m. on TBS, live from El Paso, Texas. It is AEW Dynamite. And then check out Friday nights, 10 o'clock Eastern, AEW Rampage on TNT. Tony Khan joined us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. He's the owner, booker for AEW Wrestling. Tony, I greatly appreciate the time. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes in Atlanta with us, and we look forward to talking with you again.
3: It was my pleasure, John. Thanks for having me on, and see you tonight on TBS for AEW Dynamite.
5: You got it. John Chuckery. We'll be back. Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey.com app.